Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. And back for segment number two in MNCAA. Nick Maxson, your host here with a allergy scratched throat. Uh, Max Veach joins me to talk all things NCHC and some happy dogs, finally. Um, granted, it's um, you know, it's one weekend, Max, but you know, there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, you sound distinguished now. It's like you've been in a, <laughs> a, a smoking room just ripping cigars and, yeah. <laughs> and cognac and, you know, nice whiskey. So for, so for I, I whatever that that's worth, you got that going. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the case. yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there was for for the first time in what feels like forever, um, some positivity coming out of a weekend um, to see it end the way that it did. Uh, there's still some feelings lingering, uh, and I expect that from from most of the fan base, if not everybody. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm choosing to feel the good right now, and um, it's hard for me to do that if you know anything about me. But that's what that's what my choice is. Max, you know, it's been a tough start, and at the end of the day, that we've well documented that here in our show. And to start a turnaround, you got to start somewhere, right? And this weekend, right. hopefully, is the start of something, right? Um, Here's some of the good news right now. We talked about the NCHC as being a gauntlet. We've we've known that since essentially this league's inception, albeit that you got four points this past weekend, your first four in conference play. If you really draw the math here, you're only six back from a Western Michigan squad who holds the fourth and final home playoff position, and you're just two shy of Colorado College and three shy of Omaha. So... Yeah, you got to start somewhere, um, and really, not that far out of it if you think about it. No, I mean they they took four of six points this weekend in the conference, um, which not great because it's still ultimately a one and one record, and they're starting below five hundred from this. Right. Um, so they've they've got some some work to do, and there's only two non conference games left. So, um. With that in mind, if they continue on this trend, if for the rest of the season they get four of six points every weekend in conference play, which won't happen, but this is a hypothetical world we're living in here. <laughs> hypothetical world where Florida State made it into the national championship playoff uh, race, which they should have. Uh, oh boy. So fantasy land. But if they get four of six every weekend, they're going to finish the season with 40 points. And at 40 points, uh, I think every single year, but maybe one um, in the history of the NCHC, you've gotten home ice in in the playoffs there. So that's that's what I'm hoping hoping for. That's that's my ultimate goal. Get get me to 40 points for the Bulldogs this year. Um, that'll put them solidly in that three, four, five, probably way above six range, just given how how CC and, and Miami are playing right now. Uh, but that's that's where they finished. Um, throughout their their history in the nchc they've never finished first uh, but they've also never never finished sixth seventh or eighth they've always been in that two to five range more more recently closer to the five range but it, if that's what it is they've made the playoffs and they've made runs in that range as well so i would say if you can get me to that 40 point mark i'll be happy at the end of the year well 
let's just say this. Let's recap the weekend real fast because um, yep. it started off real nice, uh, a four to two win on Friday, and um, the big thing is you got to win, right? And I think this team just needed to see one. Uh, they got one Friday, and you know, albeit, and we'll talk specifics here, Max. There, there was yep. some emotions, I think <laughs> you could say, from both sides. Uh, uh-huh. But you got to like that probably the final emotion that was the the felt you know the feel of victory finally for the Bulldogs for the first time this year in conference play. Yes, and that's that's big big um, caveat to put in there in conference play. Um, the, the the fact of the matter is, they started in the hole. Um, they they did play some really really good teams in the conference. Obviously, North Dakota being number one in the nation right now, that's going to be a tough game. It's always a tough series, regardless of if they're having an up year or not. They're having an up year, so it's even tougher. Um, the fact that they were in, you know, both of those games for a significant period um, was looking back on it. Pretty encouraging. Uh, same thing with St. Cloud. I mean, they played both of those games relatively tight as well. So mm-hmm. um, there is hope that they can keep up with good teams, but I just want them to, you know, put some of these these lesser teams away, and they're not going to have many opportunities to do that. They've got one coming up, and we'll get into that. But um, they're they're going to have to start figuring out a way to um, shut teams down and, and hold on to a win. So um, yeah, I mean. Friday night win coming out of there. Um, vibes were high, uh, the highest they've been in a while, and they look good doing it. I mean, they they dominated that first period pretty well. Uh, I think they doubled their shots, um, and it was the first time I can say that in a while. And at the end of the day, um, the the stats proved that they were the better team all game, and they looked like it on the ice too. So let's let's talk some maybe not so fantastic uh, things about that game. Um, and let me guess, if you're Max Veach, so one thing that we're going to definitely talk about is the stripes. So, <laughs> Max, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the things you didn't like. Now, granted, UNO before the end of this weekend, too, also points-wise in the NCHC wasn't great either. So right. it was sort of expected that both teams essentially, at this point, Alarm bells are going off. There's definitely some argument to be made, both them trying to find and desperate to find points. So you expected some fireworks back and forth. So shall we say maybe not the most, well, shall we say secret that these teams may have been a little charged up going into this weekend matchup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like both of them went into the the series with the we maybe it don't need to win this. It's not a must win, but like you're, you're feeling pressure on the back end there more so for UMD and they were at home and you know, all the pressure that kind of comes with that. But um, it it was pretty evident that on both sides of it, there was going to be quite a bit, uh, especially after that first game um, that was, that was, you know, living up to the hype um, that the coaches were expecting. So uh, there was, I think eight total penalties on Friday night. So UMD had three, UNO had five, which was, Again, the first time in a very long time that UMD has been on the right side of that that penalty, you know, seesaw or uh, balance beam, whatever you want to refer to it as, and it was encouraging to see them be a little bit more disciplined there. Um, it was frustrating to see, you know, I, I don't even remember the St. Cloud player I had such a beef with two years ago, but this year I'm I'm having a beef with uh, Brock Bremer on on UNL cross checking a rough and an unsportsmanlike conduct all on Friday from one guy like. He's, he's that guy and he's playing a role in his team. Probably it doesn't look like he's very good with the puck on his stick. Maybe I'm just an idiot and haven't, haven't been paying attention this year, but if, if that's his role, so be it. But he's, he's my new nemesis when we're playing UNO and uh, you know, I'm not going to put it lightly. Like I hate him. I, I hate, I hate Brock Bremer. 
I have no reason to. He's not a threat. I just don't like him. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a, a, alongside all of that, the, the stats were UMD outshot an opponent for the first time in a very long time as well. They only put up 28, so it's still less than 10 a period overall. But they held UNO to 21. They got in the shooting lane. They were blocking shots, and they, they held pressure um, pretty consistently. And on top of that, they were winning faceoffs, 33 to 24. So UMD was just doing what I've been saying that they needed to do and you know controlling the puck and getting shots off and that's as simple as it is and they won so um there was an empty net goal so it wasn't you know as as big of a blowout as as a 4-2 would lead you to believe but it's it's a hockey win and uh that's that's all i can say and uh i'm gonna take it while i can so john twirla sorry um max (laughs) (laughs) um speaking of hating things yeah you probably hated the Saturday response, if you want to call it, because let's put it this way. This team has been very, you talked about seesaw earlier with penalties. I feel like their offense has been a seesaw lately too, where it's either you're scoring five or six. Yeah. Had to be very tough to see that goose egg on Saturday. It, it is incredible um, to see that again. Uh, zero goals. It's, it's tough after how the season started. I, I had, you know, false, I'd been led to falsely believe that this team had figured out how to score. Um, and the last couple of series, especially this game proved otherwise. Um, they, they were able to get, you know, uh, 29 shots off. So similar to the night before, but they weren't able to find the back net at all. Well, they did for one, but the goal got called off. So, you know, whatever on, on that, uh, <laughs> right or wrong. I'm not going to get into that, that I'll just, I'll just say they had a goal. It just got called off. There's a parental just, um, dis, you know, discretionary, advise you on this podcast max yeah 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 (laughs) no not uh (laughs) but you know uh they lost they lost the shot count in this game um and that was uh pretty well felt uh by the end of it as well the the uno goaltender was was playing a really really solid game i was watching it with a, a former ncaa goaltender friend of mine and he was you know complimenting his stance and presence on the ice and some of the saves he was making just fundamentally a solid goal it wasn't anything flashy but he didn't need it and so you know, shout out to him for that one, but um, it was a, a far cry from from what we've seen on UMD capitalizing on chances before. And there were odd man rushes both ways. Um, nobody was able to capitalize on it in regulation. Ended up going zero zero for the full sixty minutes there. Um, but uh, pleased with the Bulldogs' defense all weekend. Uh, just wishing, <laughs> wishing that we could figure out that that five on five offense. So overall thoughts on the weekend here, Max, because again, I, I think the alarm bells aren't off, but they're maybe simmered a bit um, only because you also have Miami coming up next weekend on the road, which granted, we know what Miami is, right? Yep. Um, they haven't won yet in the NCHC. Um, those alarm bells, especially if you're, I would imagine head coach um, Chris Bergeron, I can't only imagine how warm his seat is. And I think yep. we've talked about this before. And, and Max, maybe let's do a little side nugget here because this is what Bergeron's fourth or fifth year as the head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Two. And at some point, regardless, and, and I think we both know, I think most NCHC viewers would agree that he has a very tough job in Miami. I, there's no oh, yeah. it's not arguing that. However, you got to start somewhere in terms of getting results. We thought we were seeing that this year in their non-conference. In fact, they came yeah. out 4-1-1. One, one. In fact, 
we, we probably all thought goes, oh crap, Miami's turning the corner this year. And then they get to conference play and they're 0-6. Um, how hot is Chris Berger on seat now? And granted, we know college coaches, unless there's other shenanigans happening on and off the ice, aren't usually getting canned in the middle of the season. Right. But I do wonder if you're feeling the same with me is that he's got to have some pressure on his job if the season continues on the trajectory that it is. Yeah, I would say, um, first off, technically, if you want to look into it from a, a national perspective, they've got a better record than UMD, but I, I'm going to fall back and defend the Bulldogs here. The Bulldogs <laughs> have had a significantly harder strength of schedule when you look at it. So to take the good with the bad there. It's 5-8-1 and one versus 4-8-3 uh, and three for UMD. So it's not that much of a difference, and they've, they've got a couple of more games um, to fall back on. UMD does. And with that said, UMD also has a coach behind the bench that has won three national championships in his tenure. So that makes it significantly harder for Miami as far as the decision goes at the end of the season here. Um, I would say that he can still retain that job and confidence even if they finish eighth in the NCHC, but only if this conference continues to have three to four teams that make it into the playoffs where it's, hey, you're fighting an uphill battle against juggernauts, which I still think they are. I think there's going to be at least three, if not four, back in the, the playoffs this year, just depending on who the the winners of those other conference tournaments are and who gets kicked out in those black bottom you know, four seeds again. But all of that to say, um, yeah, his seat is is certainly hot. Um, and if, if he loses uh, another two conference games, it gets significantly hotter. And it's just a, how do we finish the season out? And we, we have a much tougher conversation at the end of the year here, but um, it's, it's tough. It, it's really tough to see them in the position they're at right now. I mean, if they were in a different conference, I think they would have a, a little bit more success just because they do have some, some good talented guys and some really strong defenders. They just play um, a little bit different style of hockey um, and they can't really keep up with the the bigger teams in the NCHC that has all this talent available to them um, or a coach that has a better scheme. So um, it's tough to see them where they're at right now, but I, I don't want to count them out by any means because they do have talent there. They do. And we're, we've seen some of that talent. Uh, Barbellini, who had a, a kind of a very quiet year last year has has really, yep. you know, kind of, gotten back to sort of what we expect of him in terms of contributing on offense. Um, so I guess point being is this still isn't a slouch of a team. We're talking no. about the Red Hawks, right? Yep. So as a UMD fan going into this weekend, with a little bit of momentum. It's not a ton, but it's some no. something. Is there some fear here that there could be some disappointment also on the horizon? Granted, you're also going on the road. Um, Oxford center, still a pretty nice barn to play in. Yeah. Um, but this is, as some would say, is this a trap series, as some would call it? I don't see it that way. But you do wonder, Max, because this is what we do with you. We, we like to give you the worst case scenario. Yeah. If UMD is swept in Oxford, oh boy. Season's over. If UMD is swept in Oxford, the season's over. I mean, clip that if you want to. The season is over if UMD loses in Oxford both nights. Um, you. There, there's no coming back from that. It's a pairwise matchup of UMD at 39 and Miami, Ohio at 41, I believe. And so like it, it, you, it's, you've got some ties to really bad teams on your record already. You've got losses to good teams. It is what it is. And you've got losses to some mediocre teams in there as well. You can't have losses to just bad teams. Um, and I, I know this me speaking of both sides of my mouth saying they've got talent as a team, as a whole, you know, top to bottom, 
relative to the competition in their conference, they're bad. They're a bad team. So um, teams that are above them in the pairwise, you've got Bentley, Holy Cross, New Augustana. Like it, it's tough. You cannot have those teams ahead of you and lose to somebody that's below you. It's it, it would be too much of a hill to climb out of. UMD season would be over if they got swept in Oxford. That's not going to happen. I, this is this is going to look really bad if it were to happen, but it's not going to. So I have no worries about that. I am worried about UMD being able to capture two wins there, though. So you think one is you know sustainable? I think that's true. But let's say they do get both. Now you've yeah. got wins in three of four. Um, yeah. We're getting closer to the holiday break, which, granted, the, you know, sort of the pause kind of helped you guys reset just a little bit. Correct. But this time it's different, right? Because when you're playing well, you want to continue to play. Now yeah. it's does the train get stopped before it ever gets to top speed kind of an argument. I think that's kind of where this might lead sort of, right? Yeah, yeah. It would be it would be tough to get, you know, that momentum as you're, you're describing it there and then have to take another break there. And then as soon as you get back from that break, you've got the quick trip tournament in, in Madison and that's, teams like northeastern wisconsin and i forgot who the other one is in there as well um it's always air force or somebody like that i can't remember who it is it sounds right actually a fourth team yeah Uh, (laughs) um but you know two of those other three for sure are are at least decent wisconsin was ranked number one at the you know in in the polls at one point in the season northeastern just had some really good wins against ranked teams uh i think it was last week and maybe it was two weekends ago so you or bc right i'm pretty sure yeah yeah weekend yeah and so it's like you're gonna have good competition so it's coming back from that break and trying to pick up where you left off and again we're talking about hypothetical it hasn't happened that's if you win two games in miami um which i think is possible especially with how they've been playing um of of their their games all this year they've had seven of them finish with a one goal difference or less. So there's three losses, three ties, and only one win. So they've played in a lot of really close games. They just haven't capitalized or been on the the, the right, right side of those. And I think that that has to change um, eventually. Just, you know, the math major, math minor, I guess, in me, shout out to UMD. But um, <laughs> it, it just says probability and statistics say that it, it has to change. Their luck has to change. They're, they've got too much talent and too much of a, a history with, with how Scott Sandlin has produced um, for that not to be the case. So I expect them to be in, in more close games just because they do have trouble putting some teams away, but I think they'll be on the right side of it um, in some of these, these other matchups moving forward. And they'll need to be right. Because uh, you know, we can't say it's early in the more anymore, right? We're about right. midway through the season. It is oh, yeah. now December. So if a team is going to, shall we say, rise from the depths of fill in the blank of where they're coming from, now is the time to do it, right? You can't wait any longer. Um, have to. Yeah, just have to. Um, so we briefly, Max, took a uh, kind of a picture at the NCHC conference as a whole. Um, yeah. So with Western Michigan at 10, um, that top four, still a lot of questions there. St. Cloud State somehow still undefeated at 6-0. and North Dakota 5-1. and In fact, it's been Omaha that has been sort of the Achilles tendon of North Dakota the past couple of years. So they've given them fits Denver. I don't know if it's surprising, but four and two with Denver, they're not a bad team, but Max Denver doesn't seem this year to have the same elite firepower, the same elite ways to close out games that we've seen him in years past. Again, I'm not saying they're bad, but they don't scare me as much as maybe they did a year or two. Are you feeling the same way? 
Uh, definitely. I, I think they missed Magnus Krona a lot in yep. this, this past series against North Dakota. I'm not saying he was one of the top five goaltenders in all of college hockey, but he was top 10. Like he, he was yep. a good solid goaltender and you know, he's got NHL, uh, draft out of it and or picked up, I guess. And there's a reason behind that. I mean, he's, he's big for one, but he was able to move as well. And he, he played a good defensive game. Um, he didn't really attack pucks or anything like that, but he, he wasn't a jump out of the net guy either. He he just played what he was supposed to do. If you're a goaltender, tend the goal, as as the old <laughs> phrase is. He did that. That's yeah. what he did. The Steve um, Dangle so, reference. I freaking love it. <laughs> yes. So um, that's that's what they missed. Um, giving up seven goals uh, in that that I think it was the Friday game there, and um, you know giving up that lead is is just a killer, and that's not something they they've ever had to really deal with in the last couple of years. So. Um, they are still a really good team. They've got, you know, two of the the top five scorers in the nation. I, I haven't checked this week, so maybe that's changed, but uh, I'm sure it hasn't. Um, and and they can score. It's just a matter of I don't know that they've got the same, um, you know, center ice presence that they have before that they have had in recent memory. Um, they just they aren't dominating um, the transition game like they were before. Uh, but they can still score. Um, it's just a matter of it's not as complete of a team. So they can be had. It's just still really difficult to do it, especially in Denver. It's a, an incredible place to play when I'm walking in the arena. I'm already out of breath. I don't know if I play hockey there, <laughs> but some, some teams manage to do it. North Dakota's got that, you know, hyperbaric gravity, whatever chamber. Um, but not, not everybody's got that luxury. Yeah. The Bellagio luxury tax, I think, is what they <laughs> UND. Yeah. 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 Um, so Max, let's do some, we like playing the hypothetical game on this channel. I think it's kind of fun. So let's add to this a little bit of all the teams in the bottom four, which has the best opportunity to get into the top four? Who is that dark horse? Easy answer is Omaha just because they're already at five. Um, and they're only three points behind Western. I don't Michigan. want the easy answer for you, Max. That's why we asked. I know, I know you don't. <laughs> and you know, this is you call me a homer, call me whatever you want, but I think I think UMD has a really good shot. Um, and the reason I say that is because of what we were just talking about before, the momentum that they have, um, or the opportunity for momentum to say momentum. Obviously one got, win. Gosh, calm down. Yeah, they've already got. <laughs> yeah, they've got Miami upcoming next weekend. Hypothetically, they win both of those. I'll say they don't even win the the quick trip face off um, in in Madison there or in Milwaukee, um, but they win one of those games. And then coming back, you've got some of those you know um, easier teams, or you know they're they're not North Dakota, they're not Denver, they're not St. Cloud. They're playing Colorado College. Western Michigan, which is a tough place to play, especially in Kalamazoo where they're yes, playing. Yes, it them. is. And then back at home against Miami. So if you can win, you know, five of those six games, which is a tall task, don't get me wrong. But if you can do that, you're you're setting yourself up really, really well to be making a run um, for that last half. And even after that, Omaha is the next one up. So they have a really tough back back half of the NCHC schedule, which mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. But if they can capitalize, um, you know, after that first of the year, on some of those other matchups and kind of get that head of steam, build some confidence up with the guys and get rolling. I think they can be dangerous and compete for that fifth spot. I don't, or sorry, that fourth spot. Um, I just don't know how much higher they'd be able to climb. Um, I, I think they are climbing for a ceiling of four this year. And it's interesting that you didn't say anything about Colorado college. Now I'm not picking on you yeah, because CC like Miami also came out of the uh, season guns blazing also yep. run into 
the gauntlet that is the NCHC schedule. Are you surprised that they're not playing a little bit better or having better results? Uh, I am actually surprised. Like I think we talked about this probably two or three weeks ago. Now they've they've got guys that make you know highlight plays on the they offensive do. side. They've got a, a really good goaltender, so they're they're in the news quite frequently. But they're just not getting the wins at all. So I'm not entirely sure what the deal is there. Um, I, I need to watch some more of their games if I'm being totally honest and frank with you. But I, I just I cannot for the life of me figure out um what what the losses have been attributed to because it seems like they're all relatively high scoring as well just looking at the stats right now maybe not the last few but at the beginning of the season there when they were winning they were just simply outscoring teams and now they're losing really really tight battles so that scoring seems to be you know going gone the way of umd and just sounds like an issue problem yeah it <laughs> <Yeah>, does <laughs> whoops uh we're, we're obviously that's next segment but uh yeah it's in and granted, I love their coach, Chris Mayotte. I, I know I yep. hyped him up year over year, had personal conversations with him both on and off camera. He's a magnificent yep. dude. Um, but the other thing, Max, when I look at CC is they're different. They're still sort of in transition under Mayotte. This is his third season. Uh, yep. Get into the NCHC Conference Championship game. That was huge for that program. Absolutely. Um, granted, you know, a little bit, maybe you could say, you know, some puck luck here and there that got them there. Yeah. But remind, you know, let's remind folks they lost their big shot Hunter McCowan. Yeah. Um, holy cow. Um, if you guys watched his slap shot, it is literally a cannon. Um, yep. Brian Yoon, their five year uh, captain on the back end, was huge, really good two way defenseman. I'm curious, and maybe I want to ask you this. You're number four in a Chris Mayotte. Now, granted, they brought in three freshman defenseman from the ushl of those three they brought in they were top 15 in ushl scoring on d so when i look at this team and you look at the results i see a pattern i see okay this is a team like the golfers in a sense where they've got some yep. youth of the defensive position where the skill sets there the iq is there but now you're learning and adjusting to the speed of the game different schemes coming at you right where it's yeah. two four truckers on um let's just say that the ice and the decision making has to be quicker right yeah i feel like and maybe this is me before you continue you're describing aaron pionk this is aaron pionk he's a yeah. good scoring defenseman who is struggling to perform on offensive opportunities with the puck on a stick and isn't he like situations. the modern day brent burns honestly this isn't me picking on Aaron Pionk he's an incredibly talented player and he will figure it out but these are the same struggles that you're describing right now with all these other guys and I totally agree with everything you said by the way it's just they're the same people the same problems um it seems to be kind of evident across um his skill set to the the people you're describing there as well because I'm looking at their 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 points right now and it's 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 really similar right it's it's similar so let's go into our final little discussion about it is you know cc i think also has a chance there now granted i think all of us are a little bit shocked not by und's offense that we knew but we i think we're questioning seven brand new d none of these kids have played together before yes you've got ludwig pearson that you know you could put him on any team he's gonna be you know a big part of their success defensively correct but if there was any question marks they're answered in that's a damn good hockey team in UND. 
hundred percent. I mean, go back to why Miami's struggling. There's uh, one by far and away with a bullet is is missing him. But um, yeah, they're they're defensemen. Every every position turned over this year. I thought there would be some you know gel time frame where there was a learning curve. There just wasn't. I mean, they they've no. stepped up immediately, and it's been evident. So from a team that missed the playoffs last year to um, being ranked in the top three and top one now for a couple weeks running, it's it's pretty evident exactly where where all that went and obviously you've got some of the offensive star power that we knew was going to produce this year but when you're you're able to hold hold teams off um, on that back end as well it's it's obviously all the difference in the world so um, kudos to them and that coaching staff and you know there's there's a bunch of people that are referring to them as portal you or the fighting portals or whatever it is online but um that, yeah. That's what hockey is now. I mean, that's what college athletics is now. Yeah. And if you've got a, a, an arena or a history like you, uh, North Dakota does, um, take advantage of it. I mean, I, I absolutely would, and I, I can't blame them for doing it. And they've they've just figured out how to bring those guys up to speed right away, and it's incredible to watch. And I think we'll end on this here, Max. I, I think for the first time, UND had to do it. Again, they've yeah. lost a lot of guys from their own decisions, right? Um, yeah. North Dakota has been a program as we've watched year over year that hasn't had to tap into it. Um, they were kind of forced to this year. And there's there was that question mark of could the coaching staff gel everybody together? Is it some of it luck? Of course it is, right? You can never sure. put seven players on the similar roster. And no matter what analytics or film you watch, you just never know how it's going to mix together in the proverbial cookie batch, right? You just never know. But what we do know is halfway through almost the season, um, the recipe looks pretty damn appetizing if you're a UND fan, and that's yikes. Um, and yes. I, I don't see them slowing down, honestly. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, they're they're utilizing every skill set that you have, especially for playing in the NCHC with those bigger bodies that they brought in and the talent that they've got on the front end. And it's um, it's fun. I mean, that, that's fun yeah. hockey, and there's a reason that they're ranked number one. So. Um, if you're a team that's you know looking at how to retool or anything, that's that's the the the, uh, the playbook has been put right in front of you. Um, look at it, study it all you want, uh, figure out a way to get as close as you can. I think it's going to be really really tough to replicate it entirely. Yeah. But if you can get even half of of what they've got this year, um, your team is going to be really really well off. And what we're not saying here in MNCAA is going to North Dakota. That's definitely not. Don't. Yeah, no. I mean, if you've ever been to the North Dakota, that's, that's enough of a reason to stay away from. Right. The worst place I've ever been outside of Mississippi. But yeah, it's it's not great, especially in the winter during the office. Yeah. Uh, what also hasn't been great, Max, we talked about how the cookies are baking really nice for UND. Um, if that's Chef Gordon Ramsay that's mixing up the batch, um, is it... Name somebody that has never had an ounce of cooking experience. That would probably describe what the hell is happening in the CCHA this year. Oh, That's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. No one knows what's going to come out. We know that stuff's in the bowl. Or it's on the, uh, the the baking rack. It's in the oven. We have no idea what we're going to get. We're going to discuss that here next in our final segment on MNCAA.